0: There's this book, Ready Player One, which describes a future where um, the environment is destroyed and people are fleeing into a virtual environment, living more like in, in this VR game. And I, I think for some reason, after the movie came out, Mark Zuckerberg just read the book or watched the movie. And I said, OK, that's cool. Actually, I, I invested multiple billion of dollars already in VR equipment. So I think uh, I want to create, the, the make this book
1: reality. And that's how everything came actually to be. But if we take away all this marketing speech, um, it's, it's actually just the next generation of XR experiences. And one thing that, um, that is actually true is this connection to the so-called Web3 infrastructure. <coughs> Welcome to the Innovation Engineer Podcast, your favorite place for picking brains of your favorite engineers. So grab your nerdiest mugs. Fill it with a beverage of choice and enjoy. My name is Tarek. And my name is Vashi. And today we ask ourselves: are the Metaverse and Web3 legit? And let me just jump in
0: and answer it straight away for you. No. So some people claim actually (laughs) it's like the future of the internet. And I would just say it's a company-made hype. So you know. A lot of stuff just emerges naturally. And this is just a thing that Mark Zuckerberg came on the stage and said, okay, now it's a thing. And multiple companies jumped onto it. There is no real application right now. And uh, in my opinion, there is this book, Ready Player One, which describes a future where um, the environment is destroyed. Oh, like our environment will be in some years. And people are fleeing into a virtual environment and are living more like in, in this VR game. And this is the book and also the movie Ready Player One. And I, I think for some reason, after the movie came out, Mark Zuckerberg just read the book or watched the movie. And I said, OK, that's cool. Actually, I, I invested multiple billion of dollars already in VR equipment. So I think uh, I want to create, the, the, make this book reality. And that's how everything came actually to be. And I would say uh, in the next at least 10 years, there will be no metaverse. It's, it's like Second Life, a, a really old game just in VR. That's what Mark Zuckerberg's imagined. And I would say it's not legit. It's like something people came up to, a new hype. Like if you are on the hype curve, it's just getting traction. And that's my opinion.
1: That's very, very good. Um, and I thank you for this really good introduction. I personally would say it is legit, but... and. There comes the but. Um, the metaverse is a marketing term. And you're totally right. It comes just from Mark Zuckerberg trying to uh, advertise his platforms, his hardware, his games and everything. Um, but I think the the things that are meant with the concept of the metaverse are actually coming. And I think he simply wrapped this marketing term over the concepts there that, that are going to be developed in vr in the vr and xr space in the next 10 years no matter what and so he kind of claims this this term and this new world that that we are going to um for his company or for for his um his initiatives even though it technically has nothing to do with what what he's doing. It, this is simply the evolution um, of, of hardware and software. And I think if nobody would have claimed the term metaverse, nobody would doubt that we will use shared virtual spaces and that we will going to have um, better... VR hardware and that there will be a thing like VR meeting rooms and remote learning and decentralization. Everything, all these things, they are real and they are going to come. But without this marketing term metaverse, nobody would doubt this. But exactly as you just said, now that we have this marketing machine and people um, uh, connecting the dots of the so-called metaverse with Ready Player One, now people say, no, of course, in the next three years there will not be like a ready player one dystopian future, but this is not what the metaverse is supposed to be. This is like the 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 disconnect between the marketing term and the marketing machine and the actual technical innovations that we are going to see.
0: Yeah, I want to jump right into standardization and Web3, which is really interesting because we already had mm. Web3 again, I think like 10 years ago right. because this term is claimed <laughs> multiple times. But yes. like, I think in one of the last episodes we talked about VR and AR, what's the state of the technique. And yes. um, we are engineers so we should talk about standardization, but first maybe we should define for everyone what is actually the metaverse, what's meant with it? Because I, I don't think
1: everybody has seen or read already play Player One, right? <laughs> so go ahead, right, define right. it. <laughs> Yeah, so um, I think um, we can actually find a very easy interpretation of the word metaverse. Even though, of course, it is uh, not clearly defined, and it is just like a wrapper around everything that is um, that is happening with VR and AR. And that's why I personally don't like the the term metaverse because it um, it creates imaginations of people of some futuristic cyberspace or something. The reality is, um, and I heard a talk of um, a product manager of Meta who was actually trying to define what Metaverse means. And he was very technical in terms of the things that we are calling today XR, meaning virtual reality, mixed reality, augmented reality. Those are the things that will grow together to shared spaces and shared experiences and basically that that's it that's what they what they claim as the metaverse the next generation of vr and ar hardware experiences and platforms and what we expect in this next step of evolution is that we will use it in a more collective way, meaning that um, we are going to see more open standards evolving so platforms will be able to connect to each other. So this this idea of having multiple users sharing a virtual space or a virtual office or a virtual couch, for example, or virtual um, learning experiences, All of these things that we already see today in in prototypical um, applications, this is what they will be claiming as the metaverse. And so when we see all these startups popping up and companies already claiming we are a metaverse company, what they are basically saying is, yeah, we do something with VR and AR and therefore we will be part of the metaverse, which is true. Because they are doing something with VR and AR, and they are doing some kind of uh, so, some kind of innovation, something new, right? And so it's very easy to claim we are metaverse, and therefore people like it because they believe this hype and believe that metaverse is now something shiny and something very new. But if we take away all this ma- marketing speech, um, it's it's actually just the next generation of um, of VR and how VR, or let's say XR experiences. And one thing that um, that is actually true is this connection to the so-called Web3 infrastructure, where we see more and more decentralization, smart contracts, uh, more efficient blockchain technologies. And this is going to be uh, more and more important. And the reason why this is somehow connected to the metaverse is that uh, Web3 Provides decentralizing decentralization of data and um, calculations or um, contracts programming, and this helps with this whole idea of open standards, open platforms, and decentralization of ownership and um, and and processing. Uh, um, right now, we have like the one server somewhere for my VR game, but the moment we want to share assets, experiences, configurations. Um, we, we need this somewhere in a decentralized um, space and this might be IPFS, this might be some blockchain or we have assets still on centralized servers but managed by decentralized um, ledgers, right? Um, so in terms of we have some um, validation of assets and ownership done through the blockchain and then loaded somewhere from from uh, a content uh, distributed content network or something like that. And so Um, From this perspective, it's very easy to define metaverse by simply exchanging the word uh, for shared VR, AR experiences. And then then all the magic is is gone, right? Then it's it's simply what we all expect from the next generation of XR uh, experiences to be. Blockchain again.
0: So, you know, (laughs) when um, first for those who don't know ipfs it's interplanetary file system it's a decentralized kind of web so uh, we once hosted our website on ipfs so you still needed a bridge to um, get the name resolution and other stuff but in the end uh, it was like um, like it's good on file sharing but for websites decentralized you don't need a
1: server anymore coming back to blockchain what you just said exactly um, i mean Yep. Sorry. (laughs) Let's talk about IPFS later, because I I was already like uh, coming up with so many things that I want to talk about uh, with IPFS. (laughs) Okay.
0: Let's do a dedicated episode for IPFS because it's one of the super (laughs) coolest topics ever. (laughs) And when we colonize the moon and the Mars, like our website will be served from there. It's so cool. Coming back to yes. blockchain, Bitcoin. <laughs> Bitcoin was invented in 2008 and really started uh, in around 2009. So that's like over a decade ago. And do you know uh, how much... Um, and I was promised like a new currency. And how do you know how much I used like Bitcoin, or so other currency, um, cryptocurrencies, that's what they're called, to buy stuff in the past decade? Nearly none. So like in the um, Axel Springer uh, plug-and-play accelerator, um, there was like uh, a Coke vending machine, like a vending machine where you could use Bitcoins uh, to buy like uh, beverages and stuff. So because it was like a startup incubator and so on. And obviously they lost the private keys, of so the Bitcoins are lost. And it's still uh, on some, I don't know where they put it actually. It's gone for years now. Um, that was one of the few applications I ever saw in reality where I could use Bitcoins. And, and now um, I think uh Pornhub or some other website was blocked by Visa and MasterCard, so you could not use any credit card to pay for your adult service subscription, so they changed to crypto. That's one another one of the few places I saw. But again, this is like over a decade ago. It's it's I think it will be two decades before uh, it will be used for currencies, and it was decentralized. It had the big problem of being totally totally um anarchistic, so no, not democratic. So if you have a system where no government and no like democratic voted government can do any changes, influence stuff, this is uh, anarchy. This is not like democratic stuff. So I, I feel the same for um, other technologies. So first of all, um, if the meta wars that all this stuff gets standardized, uh, it will still has the same issue with VR equipment. It will take multiple years before there's anything real in there. And the other thing is, uh, how do you govern it? If it's decentralized, you have the same problems again. And the issues we have right now with like mobbing, violence and so on um, will be also in there. So this will be an issue. If we move more of our social life into VR, this will become a bigger and bigger problem right now because this will be an international thing, right?
1: Yeah, but all of the things that you said, they are all true. But we it's the same thing when uh, we uh, introduced the Internet to the world. And a lot of things moved to the Internet and the Internet brought a lot of problems with it. And not everything is happening on the Internet, but we, we already have it. And the same thing is going to happen with, and I'm not sure if I should now call it the metaverse or VR experiences. There will be a lot of problems. It will take a lot of time to... Use this in a standard way, but not everything is going to happen in the so-called metaverse. Because as with the internet, we do a lot of things with the internet and there are a lot of uh, conveniences and standards, but not everything is happening in the internet. And so um, the same thing will, will happen with the metaverse. Will everyone walk around with AR glasses on, on their head? No, of course not. But if I like to have one, I can get one and then I can use it for those experiences wherever it makes sense. Uh, and if I want to, I don't know, um, search for the weather of tomorrow, I might simply take out my phone or ask Siri or whatever. I don't need to enter the cyberspace and do some fancy like uh, AR modifications of user interfaces simply to ask what the weather is going to be. Uh, so there there will be those use cases, which makes sense. But not everything is going to happen in um, this Ready Player One. What, what was it called? Um
0: I forgot the name. We this place put- where they are going. Yeah, yeah. The,
1: the, right. So so what they were envisioning was that the Internet was replaced by this VR world and everyone is always going there to do everything from gaming to research to whatever. And this is, of course, this extreme dystopian, um, over-exaggerated vision of, of how it could look like. And the, the the example with Bitcoin is not that bad. It was promised that we will have some decentralized currency and we kind of have it, but it does not work like a currency. We are not using it as a currency. But still, this technology is there and we can now start using it for the use cases where it makes sense to use decentralized uh, logic and assets. And the same thing with NFTs. NFTs are a great thing. But what we are doing right now is charging 20,000 euros for virtual ownership of a JPEG. That's, yeah, you can do this, but it doesn't make any sense. This is not the real value of what you can do with non-fungible tokens. Yeah, But still, the, the technology is there. And now we can start using it for, for use cases that, that might make sense. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's not even clear if you own the JPEG, right? You just own the token. Right. That's yeah. right another thing. <laughs> And why did you call Ready Player One a dystopian future? So I can't understand <laughs> it. <laughs> this is like a future I really would love to have. It's like right now, if I take on VR glasses and I watch a movie in VR, just like uh, I'm sitting in a virtual um, on a virtual couch where I have a big screen in, in front of me and watch Netflix, it's the colors are so much better than reality. And then I take off my VR goggles and I'm like, oh, everything is so great. Where's all the color gone? And That's it, right? So uh, (laughs) it's it's not really dystopian. It's what we make out of it. It could be also a great future. So in in episode one, we talked about um, me going to like EMS gym, like an uh, electromagnetic, um, electromagnetic muscle stimulation um, suit, Uh, and I have a personal trainer who says, "Okay, now go down, do a squat, do whatever." And I imagine just. Being in the metaverse later on, having a personal trainer who's also in the metaverse wearing his VR stuff um, is watching me uh, and can see my whole avatar and can see my posture because like it's very detailed with the suit I have on and I can do my EMS training just right off my home. It's the same suit maybe, which I will use to get haptic feedback for other games. And I will wear the suit, have my goggles on. I can use it for sports. I can use it for other stuff. That's not dystopian. It's, it's great because nowadays uh, you're having peloton bikes where you sit on and you have like maybe a a 20 inch screen and you can watch a trainer and he can maybe he has a camera but a lot of people don't want to be seen directly but if you have an avatar this gives you another personality another thing so uh it gives you maybe more confidence in doing stuff
1: yeah uh, this is one of the perfect examples of where you have a real Um, measurable benefit from this new technology and this is exactly one of the use cases where I'm I'm very sure that people will develop hardware and software for because this gives you a real benefit which was not possible before and um, the same thing was uh, for example watching a movie. I tried watching movie in VR and it's it's bad because the VR headsets don't have the same resolution as my high resolution TV screen. It's still a better experience to watch it on the TV screen. So why should I do it in VR? There's, yeah, of course I can have like a, my my uh, best friend sitting virtually on my couch next to me. Cool. Yeah, but um, it's still weird and it's like an avatar. It's not realistic. But at a certain point of time, um, the, the technology will be, strong enough to maybe replace this or create a hybrid experience i could imagine for example wearing my i don't know apple ar glasses and they detect that i am watching a tv right now and there are these tvs with uh what's it called ambient light um so depending on what is happening on the screen it shows dynamic lights and it kind of extends the the TV experience to the wall behind it. It's a gimmick, you don't need it to watch TV, but it makes the experience a little bit more vivid and the the field of view a little bit more more big. And the same thing could happen with with your AR glasses. Your glasses see that you are watching the show and extend the screen by light effects or additional information or whatever. And this is simply a matter of convenience. Does everyone need to have this to watch TV? No, of course not. But I could use this to extend the TV experience or maybe I, I took take a look to the right and then I see you virtually sitting on this couch because you're you're sharing this Netflix experience with me at the same time, right? And and so those are these these small things that might extend the experience without having to go into this um, VR world uh, with a complete body and and do everything. It's it's just like one small service. Yeah.
0: By the way, you lost your bet. there. Apple did not announce their uh, Apple VR yes. glasses.
1: So, I know.
0: And, <laughs> and the other thing is. Yes, that's the reason why I don't watch Netflix and VR. And uh, a sad thing about if we have the metaverse and you do Netflix and chill um, virtually is uh, less babies, you know, because a lot of people use uh, <laughs> for other things. And um, the other thing is why it's web three. Maybe this is the only ledger term. I think Metaverse, okay, this is like marketing stuff, but Web3 could be a thing. Maybe it's not right now, but how did the internet start? Someone created protocols, standardized it, and published it as open source, and everybody could use it. And then a lot of people just started using it. Before there, there was proprietary protocols. So you, there were network stuff, especially in the military and for research, where you could somehow dial into to different servers that have access, but there was no standard for it. And then the internet came to, in being. And the same is true with Web3 or maybe the Metaverse. Maybe the Metaverse is just a um, um, term for all the stuff, a super term for all the stuff which is standardized, um vr and gaming stuff because right now there are two very popular games roblox which is kind of minecraft graphic style where you could build different games in the game so part of the game is building kind of games and so on and the other very popular game nearly everybody is playing is fortnite so um Both are classic games, but could be played in VR. The issue is the graphic style is totally different. It's like totally different games. And the only thing they have in common, if you play them on um, like a Windows machine, is DirectX. So um, obviously DirectX was a standardization. So you could develop um, video games which work on all graphic cards. And the same could be true with the metaverse. Maybe this is a standard developed so that you have... um, a standard for your avatar mm-hmm. and for interacting with the environment. A new kind of DirectX successor, but more like in kind of similar a mixture between DirectX and the internet protocols. You have a new family of protocols which allow you to define your avatar in, in Roblox and use the same avatar with maybe a nice cape you have or like scars, because obviously graphics is getting better and better within your Unreal Engine. It's nearly photorealistic again. So uh and this could be then just be transferred and that then someone in, in Israel is creating a new meeting software, which is so cool. Uh, you are just using your avatar and, um, similar to ready player one because everyone has a different avatar. You can go to a library, read books, uh, and you could change your avatar with like different stuff and, uh, in-game purchases. And I imagine, um, well, this, this legged part of the metaverse to be standardization and it's already happening. So, um, Meta, a company for Mark Zuckerberg, uh, they didn't just say, okay, we are now building this. They said, no, we want everyone on a table and they invited everyone. Um, Apple is still missing uh, on the standardization um, table. But it's similar. As always? Yes. But it's it's similar (laughs) to the committee standardizing internet technologies. So that's what they actually want to create. Obviously, they want to sell their VR headsets, but
1: the other part is also legit. I love this example and uh, when you said um, avatar and rendering and gravi- um, um, graphics I immediately thought about HTML and I could imagine that maybe um, my representation of my asset or my avatar is described in some kind of markup I don't know 3D virtual markup language um, stored in my NFT that I own on the blockchain and this is read by Roblox or by, um, by Minecraft and based on the minecraft rendering system they use this markup language to render my avatar with all my properties and all the behavior that is attached to this avatar in their respective environment and so i might have like this uh, pixel minecraft uh, avatar with the same properties, and it looks completely different than in the other worlds, but with the same properties interpreted by, by the rendering ring engine. It might have a green shirt and, I don't know, a ridiculous head, but those m- markup descriptions of ridiculous head are then interpreted by the rendering engine, and so it is then displayed in, in the other world in this respective way, exactly as you have uh, the same website with the same markup it might look slightly different in a different browser because this one interprets the markup in a different way. It will work similarly, but it might be a slightly different experience.
0: Yeah, it's, it's the same with DNS, uh, Domain uh, Name Service. So this is a um, standardized protocol to find actually the server and access that you wanted because uh, there are obviously numbers you could type in, but it's not going to work. So if you want to go to, I don't know, Um, Our podcast is thai-pod.com. This is like a domain name you're entering and... The same could be true later with the Metaverse. So how do you discover maybe a new German game or like a library, like like national library, which you can access? So obviously there needs to be a 3D representation where you could walk like a shared room, which is uh, the successor of DNS. So we don't type in stuff anymore. Uh, We know places like it's a 3D map and you could have different places there. Obviously it's unlimited because it's, uh, web so I have maybe virtual towns which are our top level domains right now like uh, Germany and then maybe Berlin um, or like uh, USA and then um, New York and then you have different parts of the city and you know okay in the virtual Berlin in virtual Germany in virtual Panko there is this new game or this new national library I want to visit so I can somehow um, warp my avatar there and then walk around and I see okay, it should be on the right, on the left. So this is a successor of DNS. I can register, like, again, it's a blockchain because we need something decentralized because nobody should own it. Um, Right now with DNS, it's a big problem. Um, I think there is uh, one top-level domain which is decentralized. I think it was Bit. And there are different attempts to decentralize domain name service because that's a big issue. It's completely uh, centralized, owned by... um, sometimes even shady organizations. And obviously the next iteration should be done better. So we would use blockchain technology um, to register actually your new space in the metaverse. That's how I imagine what this standardization committee is doing. They're thinking about, okay, how is this technically working that you can register like your um, your plot of virtual land in the metaverse and uh, keep it for your own so that people can go there and how can you make it... uh, right now it's it's a text for a domain later it will be a 3d model how is it going to work how does it integrate that's how we imagine the future.
1: yeah to be honest, I have n- I did not even try to imagine what they are w- what the details of the standards are that they are using but it shows me that um, there is a shared understanding of what direction we are going to with with these platforms um, and that's this um, makes sense. In the terms of that, it's not Matter as a company who try, who is trying to sell us their platforms, but actually, um, so it's not only Matter that is trying to sell us their platform, but um, a new generation of technology that opens up for us as users to enter this virtual space to do whatever. Yeah. And that probably we can't even imagine what the reality is going to look like Um with these services and, and what people are going to do. It's, it's the same like back then when the smartphone was introduced and people were speculating about, I don't know, now I can read emails way faster while on the train. Yeah, Of course you can do this, but this is not the big thing that is happening with smartphones in the future or the, the internet. And people were like, oh, cool. Now we can be like in chat rooms and talk to each other with a keyboard, great stuff. Of course it will be, but this is not the great thing about the internet, what what, what was happening. And the same like us right now, we are talking about, ah, oh, there's like virtual property and we can walk our avatar somewhere. And 10 years from now, people will laugh about us, that we were speculating about avatars walking through virtual spaces and stuff. And the reality will look completely different. Um, and, and I'm just very curious to see what the details are that the next generation of users or we (laughs) like in the next 10 years are actually going to get out of this this new realm that is opening up and and that's why i'm not so worried about is it hype is it not hype I, i usually try to ignore all the marketing stuff and and concentrate on the platforms that are actually there and seeing this metaverse i looked it up the metaverse standards forum this um, conglomerate of companies who try to come up with some standards for interconnectivity, um, what they are actually building up and uh, seeing then the, the actual platforms using it for whatever they, they try to come up with. Um, and um, I looked it up, Oasis. Yes, Oasis, that <laughs> was Next, it. I opened up the Wikipedia page of Ready Player One, Oasis, the ontologically anthropocenic anthropogenic, anthropogenic post-centric sensory immersive simulation. Yeah,
0: that was not cool enough for Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> he needed something way cooler. <laughs> I call it the metaverse and we are now meta.
1: Yeah. Oh but but that uh, another another very important thing that I I always need to stress whenever I talk about the metaverse it is the magic verse that was formulated by magic leap in 2018 and since i started worth working with this magic verse um thing i was always very biased towards this vision of um of basically ar representation of this virtual layer on 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 the world this was was uh, what was what magic leap envisioned for this magic verse which was their version of the the metaverse and i'm always trying to look if the metaverse is simply copying this old concept of magic leap of the magic verse with a new branding Um, but i have the feeling they concentrate way more on vr experiences probably because that's what we have in hand right now and of shared experiences and even though this was also what the magic verse kind of envisioned, but the focus on the ma- of the magic verse was always the spatial computing approach of having this virtual representation of the whole world. The whole planet is covered with multiple layers of services and data. And this was always this um, location-based AR services infrastructure. And I'm still waiting for the metaverse of meta taking on this approach because right now we have shared virtual spaces shared virtual experiences people connecting but they are not talking about this this actual spatial computing approach even though they indirectly claim it for themselves by saying yeah everything AR is somehow part of the metaverse uh, but but th- this part is still completely ignored in all the marketing presentations that I'm seeing so far
0: yep. but this is two different things so when mm, the, the magic worse and the meta wars. and when uh, the Zack first came out with his idea of uh, the meta wars, um it was somehow unclear for me because a lot of the press mixed both it's like yeah he's going to have everything mapped so they they um, could not distinguish between this, a spatial computing stuff where you just map the the real world and have like um a virtual representation somewhere of real world stuff and okay um i own my house not only in reality but i also bought the plot in um in the magic verse and uh, a lot of press when it started i read about thought about okay i actually want to build the, the magic words with spatial computing they didn't say it but it sounded like this and I think like uh, this year you saw more more people understanding that it's not spatial computing that it's not just mapping the reality and age coordinate on the reality into VR or AR it's something different it's actually standardization and um, I think this helped me understand what it actually is so Um, thinking of two different things, the Magic Wars and the Meta Wars. So they are both trying different things. They are having similar technologies, but it's not really possible to to get everything under one hood. So um, I also don't think that what Meta is doing is aiming at spatial computing. They're aiming at VR equipment because that's what they also building and hardware, and that's what they want to sell. And they want to create more like ready player one stuff where it's like a complete new world independent from the current world. And what the uh, magic leap is trying to do with the magic word words, is creating a mixed environment where you have reality mixed with virtual stuff. So I could like place in in Leipzig, uh, like, a, I don't know, a virtual tavern and people could just walk in there where they AR, augmented reality glasses, and see my tavern and say, okay, I am buying uh, a virtual beer for whatever reason, and I don't know what you can do with it, maybe you could use it for a video game, don't know. So that's a different thing, right? And if you ask me what I believe will be successful, I think Magic Leap is dying, AR will never be a thing, it's a bridge technology, and uh, what Meta is doing
1: in 10 years will be the future. I disagree. In this direction, I disagree. I believe that they are not mutually exclusive. And when we talk about these open interfaces, and we already know that VR and AR, they both utilize things like the Unreal Engine or um, uh, the, 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 this kind of um, v- no, sorry, this kind of 3D rendering um, software. It's it's all the same, but displayed in a different way. Um, and with these open standards I could imagine that it does not matter if I'm sitting in a VR conference room or the other person on the other side sitting in this real conference room and have simply a virtual representation of my avatar sitting on the on de- on the, on the um, um, what's it called chair next to him um, it could be the same meeting even though people are entering from different perspectives and one could wear the magic leap glasses the other one could wear the oculus glasses um, I think this is totally. Possible and I think this is where we are going to go and the other thing where I disagree is that I would place my money um, on AR technology because it is true that where we are right now VR is the dominant technology because we already own it and it works This is what we are already seeing that what we already can um, earn money with um, VR is the thing for today, but in terms of convenience And the thing that everyone is going to own at some point in the future, this is going to be AR technology, from my point of view. The smartphone will be replaced by AR-based or wearable-based technology. VR will be this corner technology, which will work perfectly, but in a very limited use case. This use case where I put on these glasses to enter a virtual space, but 90% of my everyday life will happen in everyday environment where I have some kind of augmented device. It might be augmented audio device that gives me like Alexa on the go, or it might be something that uh, gives me a HUD display in my glasses while I walk the street. And I think this one will be the, the big thing that will cover the masses where 95% of people on the street as they are doing it today with smartphones will have some AR devices but not 95% of the people will spend their time in VR that's why i would bet on on AR technology
0: yeah i totally disagree <laughs> so i uh, 100% disagree so if i think about the majority of people um, they don't want to have like they maybe they want to work from home but they won't uh, don't want the desk and all the uh, you need like a home office, actually a dedicated room. And also there are people who are not that um, fortunate as we are with like owning a big apartment and having the space, actually. So I'm thinking about India, developing countries, Africa. Um, it's more likely that they will have cheap VR glasses, which gives them access to like a virtual desktop PC and virtual libraries and stuff. So it's more likely that they will everyone, especially the rich countries, will just put on their VR goggles sit somewhere where it's comfortable and do all their stuff through VR. So because AR, obviously it's it's hot outside, they don't want to go anywhere. So you could go just into a library where it's quiet. put on your VR goggles and uh, not use the laptop, but use your VR goggles to work on stuff. So maybe they are as fancy that it's a mixed device for AR-VR. So as seen in Star Trek Picard season two, where they used the uh, uh, Magic Leap um, um, AR goggles to actually use them as VR goggles, they they worked as VR goggles, um, but they looked like uh, AR stuff. So maybe it's like more like uh, typical glasses right now, but you will be um, like completely in 360 um, degrees uh, VR. So they need to like completely be closed, but maybe really small ones. So That's how I imagine it, because For most people, it's way more practical than owning a laptop, owning like uh, uh, screens you need for video video editing, right? You need a very big screen. If you are in VR, you don't need to buy the screen. You just need the VR goggles. And especially in in India, um, I'm I'm, I'm also like uh, um, a pro bono mentor. And I have a lot of people coming from Arabic countries or some from India, or Chinese who are asking how to get into tech, how to, can I go to Europe and so on. And they all have like very cheap hardware, bad internet connections and stuff. And they're just in a cafe sometimes talking to me where they have Wi-Fi. And it's more likely that espe- especially in those countries where they don't have fast internet at home, they will be maybe in the library, maybe in a cafe where you have fast internet wearing their VR goggles and doing the stuff they need to do maybe for their studies, for their work, for, for leisure, whatever that's how you imagine it it will not be augmented reality because then you will have this environment around you it will be real vr
1: i thought so too until i owned a vr headset and this does not mean that i don't love using this vr headset but the use cases that i'm actually using it for became smaller and smaller because it it is an inconvenience if you have better ways to doing your tasks. And for example, using a virtual keyboard. I always thought, ah, oh, this, this would be so cool. But in reality, my fingers perform way better on physical keyboards, so I, I will... Probably never exchange my physical keyboard with a virtual keyboard. Um, The same thing with screens. I always thought, exactly as you described, I can create my virtual screen environment as complex and as powerful as I want to in, in virtual spaces. In reality, it is simply more convenient to use displays on my desk, because then I can see also my phone and my desk, my, my cup of coffee that is standing next to me. And um, I, I don't spill it because for some reason it kind of had a lag or something like that um, wh- while I was moving my head or something like this. And so um, the one use case you described was very good. If I can't afford a room and a desk and a screen setup and a high end physical keyboard, um, then it might be that my $200. VR glasses replace all of that and it's way cheaper than creating like a r- whole office with hardware. This is a use case that could actually be. But this sounds like the budget option of having a high-tech um, uh, working space, not the preferred option of how to create a setup that fits best to my my, my working experience. Yeah, but you... D- described like right now the present
0: not the future so in the future obviously you will have a power glove or like stuff like uh, um, Tony Stark and Iron Man has where you can just use his hands freely to interact with stuff so you won't use a virtual keyboard why would you use a virtual keyboard that's like old school stuff like it's 200 years old because even the keyboard layout comes from really mechanical keyboards and it's not ergonomic the layout we have right now this is like a piece of bridge technology until we don't need keyboards anymore. Same is true of a mouse. If I have like 10 fingers, I want to really use my 10 fingers to do stuff, use my voice, maybe do some corrections and so on. So in 10 years, you won't have a keyboard because you don't need it. You have other stuff for it, right? And the same is true with the resolution. Obviously, the headsets in 2030 will be way more fancy. That's like eight years of technology progression. Think about what stuff you had eight years ago, like the monitor sizes, your TV sizes, the speed of your smartphone, internet connections, and so on, and now I think eight years in the future, but everything is going faster and faster in this iteration, so it will be even more fancy. That's
1: why I believe in it. I believe in technology. If you find a concept that is more efficient than the keyboard, then I agree that it will replace the keyboard. But moving stuff with my hands in a virtual space is not as efficient as using a keyboard shortcut which is a fraction of a second where my fingers are moving my fingers are very very quick on on this physical keyboard show me a concept that is more efficient than that then i agree then this will probably replace it but until that it is a really inconvenience to use ui interfaces like this and that's why i'm i'm thinking oh th- this is was my experience i i was expecting that but so far i did not see even a concept that worked better than the 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 movement of my fingers and you're right if if the ergonomic keyboard Oh, the keyboard layout is is bad thing and someone actually comes up, let's say Apple as a trendsetter, comes up with a new le- keyboard layout and all cool people will start this new uh, keyboard layout, then this will dominate the market and all keyboards will adjust. Then this is like a real uh, evolutionary step of the keyboard. But in VR, I did not see a concept yet that was actually more practical than the physical keyboard. That's why I'm, I'm still skeptical about what might happen in VR. And I did not see a concept, even a concept yet, not the implementation, but the concept yet that would replace the keyboard
0: I saw one uh, concept once for different stuff, which was like um, kind of a small um, Kinect, a 3D scanner, uh, which you put on the top of your monitor, your display, and then it would recognize hand gestures. So, and again, Star Trek, Star Trek, Picard season two, you need to watch it. It's great. Way better than season one, in my opinion. And, uh, what they had in the old Star Trek episodes, which was touchscreens, where they even did the, the ship's navigation on touchscreens, which I thought, okay, this is totally impractical. So you need like the haptic feedback for different uh, stuff, uh, which you could use more, way way more efficient to to like navigate your ship. Touchscreens, there, that's stupid. But in like Star Trek. Um, Picard, season two, you saw a new way of navigating a ship, uh, like kind of Tony Stark does again. He just used his hands and there was different stuff visible, like maybe again AR, VR goggles. You saw your hands and you could use your your fingers and hands to navigate your ship and he used his hands to navigate the ship, which made sense to me. And this is what I imagine the future. Yes, we don't have it right now, but we also don't have the metaverse right now. You know, that's stuff that's for the future. That's again why I think it's it's not legit right now uh, because it will take another 10 years with uh, all the VR stuff. The only thing um, which I would say is is legit is... To be used as a term, Web three. So I hope it will become a, a, a term everyone understands. As this is the the term for all this new technology: VR, AI, standardization, blockchain stuff, um, smart contracts, cloud computing, and. Blockchain computing, like what Ethereum does. So uh, this should be the term used for all this new stuff where we say, okay, this is Web3. We don't want this old stuff. It's a completely new thing. I even think Web3 is a wrong term. We would need a new term. That's why maybe Mark Zuckerberg is trying to to get this term Metaverse into usage because Web3 still sounds like this is new technology for the web. It's not. Yeah, it's maybe using the internet, but it's not the classic web you're knowing.
1: So any last thoughts? Yeah, and I think, yeah, yeah my, my last thought is exactly that. Um, that when we engineers talk about these technologies, um, it is a way different perspective than the marketing speech that, that we always see. But when you see what happens when the blockchain craze happened and the stock prices for everything, blockchain rate, related game came up and the same thing with Metaverse, Mark Zuckerberg said metaverse and everyone puts the word metaverse in this company name and stock prices go up. It works. And so people will keep doing that and invent weird marketing terms simply to... (laughs) <laughs> market <laughs> to market their products and so this this is going to happen and we will always have a lot of topics to discuss and to define and educate our viewers and listeners about what is hype and what is reality and technological uh, technologically makes sense and so that, that's why I personally enjoy listening to Mark Zuckerberg because it gives us so much material and so many open questions that we can then answer. And so I'm very thankful for all the marketing hype that is happening out there.
0: <laughs> yes. And it reminds me of the other episode. Uh, how is it like working for an American company? That's kind of what defines great American company culture. That's a sink and dream big and try to sell you this one. In a German company, um, th- when they would start talking about, yeah, yeah, we have this metaverse, then it would be nearly done. Everything is already standardized. They don't. Tell you the dream that's but this is also like a thing you need for a real innovation um you need to define it first think big before it actually comes into reality you need to imagine it to get it into reality that's the way you you do it with all the things you first need to think i'm an athlete there's this great book atomic habits which defines the the mental state also and other things you need to be to get into this habits and the first thing is Really thinking about it, imagining it. And the same is true with the metaverse. If you want to have something like this metaverse, you need to first define it in your head, think about it, and try to sell it. And that's a great thing about American companies that they do it that way. Yes, with all the hype stuff.
1: Okay. Right. Yeah.
0: Sometimes the hype is annoying, but again, it's entertaining. It's, it's also entertainment
1: in some parts, right? Right, right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. (laughs) Entertaining. (laughs) It's true. It's true. Yeah. And I'm always enjoying this futuristic point of view of what could be and what is realistic and what will have actually happened. So let's wrap this up and uh, talk about the next episode, which is going to come out next week, <laughs> depending on when this one uh, came out. And this time we actually got a question from one of our regular viewers. Um, and this one was how we judge our engineers. Should we count lines of codes, for example, to actually see how engineers are performing and uh, who want to fire and who won which one uh, to... Um, What's the word? To promote. Promote. To promote. I'm always thinking about firing people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> promote. No, it's just the English word that was missing. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, but this is a very, very interesting question. And I'm sure that we have, we too have at least three different opinions about how to judge engineers.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, have, I alone have three different opinions on every topic. So, yeah. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, look forward to it. Uh, See you again next week on the same spot at the same time. Have a nice week. See you there.
1: Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Innovation Engineer podcast. If you take any value from our content, please make sure to rate us wherever you're listening right now. All articles, products, and references we discussed in this episode will be linked in the show notes. Some of the links we provide are affiliate links that generate a small commission for us without costing you extra. Any support is highly appreciated and helps us keep this podcast alive. Visit theinnovationengineer.com to find more content about software engineering, innovation, and the hottest trends in tech today. Stay awesome.